0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ran Show on AM 770 KTTH, streaming live on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. A man in Tacoma tried to defend a woman who was being attacked, and he ends up paying the ultimate price. That is What's Trending. What's Trending in Tacoma. A truly tragic story. According to the Tacoma PD, there was a shooting at a hookah lounge parking lot in the city. And we, oddly enough, see a lot of violence, it seems, at hookah lounges. Not just locally, just across the country. And in this case, there was a woman who was under some kind of an attack. We don't really have the details beyond she was being assaulted by three men. And apparently she was trying to stop those same three guys from assaulting another woman. So first a woman gets assaulted, then this other woman tries to break it up, then she gets assaulted, and that's when this man gets involved trying to stop those three suspects from attacking this woman. Now, we don't know what led up to this particular incident, But we found out that after the victim intervened, he ends up getting shot multiple times and he ends up dying from his injuries. Now, the shooting suspect, the assault suspects, we don't have any details, no leads that have been made public, at least. Now, people who live nearby, people who work nearby, anyone who's near something like this is obviously going to be concerned When you live in the city of Tacoma, there's no doubt you're going to be concerned with this uptick in violence that we've seen over the course of the last few years. Greg was actually nearby, and he spoke with Como TV. It's
1: getting out of hand everywhere, and and I feel like, uh, why? (laughs) Why? Why are people dying like this?
0: Policy choices. I I know he didn't ask me, but I'll, I'll answer. That's why and I'm answering because there are a lot of people who are asking that same question why is this happening why is it happening why now why didn't it happen a few years ago why why is it happening right this moment it's happening because of policy decisions that have been made that help create this culture of lawlessness not even just in Tacoma Across the state and across the country, when you villainize police, when you defund police, when you have prosecutors saying that they're not going to prosecute, when you have lawmakers saying they're going to pass laws that go easy on criminals, criminals take notice, they step up, they act out a little bit differently. And then before you know it, we've got the situation that we find ourselves in. These were policy choices. There was a choice to pull people out of jail, there was a choice that was made to say we're going to throw people into restorative justice programs that don't work instead of putting them in jail. It was a choice when we said we're going to prohibit vehicular pursuit between an officer and a suspect in nonviolent crimes. The list goes on and on and on and on and on again. We are dealing with this because we're choosing who deal with this we're dealing with this because we chose to go down a path that anyone anyone with two functioning brain cells would have told you would be the outcome we said it on this show and i have way more than two functioning brain cells max said it and he has even less but he even said it you did kudos i said it now this is the 21st homicide in Tacoma, And we've been getting this. It's funny because when we talk with Henry Betts, who is the union uh, head over at the Tacoma PD, talk about this a lot of, wow, they're saying crime went down when they're comparing it to a historic high, an all-time high. Yes, it went down according to the all-time high. But when you look at it before this recent crime surge, we're still way up. Certainly, I like going from... A big number to a smaller number when it comes to deaths. But I want to get back to the point where we were living back in 2019 before the crime surge. We got to get there quickly. Now, Detective William Mews spoke with Como and said the department is doing what it can to to go after these violent actors.
1: We are uh, putting officers throughout the entire uh, city uh, strategically to try and help curb uh, violence and um, these homicides. Uh, we've had some success so far based upon the numbers that we've we've uh, obtained.
0: How do we get to where we need to be? How do we get there? We, we know, right? If a policy does this, what do you do with the policy to undo this? You get rid of it. You rescind it. Now we're rescinding or walking back or, or passing new laws to address whatever it is. That will have some immediate impact, but not in totality. When you create a culture, it's hard to change things. It's hard to walk that back. Culture takes a while to shift, and it takes an even longer while to go back. That's just how it all works. And when you have this culture taking foothold across the country, it makes it even harder Because it's not just the folks in Tacoma, they're looking at what's going on in Seattle, sure. But they're looking at what's going on in Portland, or in Philadelphia, or in New York, and D.C., and Atlanta, because that's how national news works. We pay attention to these things. And then, bam, you find yourself in this position wondering, oh, what can we do? It's actually really easy what we can do. It'll take a little bit of time, but it's actually technically pretty easy. Unfortunately, no one seems interested in doing it on the left. And I point that out because they're the ones in charge. Republicans don't have power here. This is not a Republican issue. They've been working to fight against it, but when you only have so many people in office in positions where they can actually vote something down, well, all you're doing is arguing publicly, hoping that the media will pick it up. The media won't. The media does the work of the Democrats, unfortunately. And we're in this position. And we're going to be in this position next week when inevitably there's going to be another murder. Same thing in Seattle. It's going to continue. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Wait, what? So there's an article in the Seattle Times that is maddening. And it's an extension of the body positivity movement, which pretends that there seems to be no health impacts of being overweight. It is a, what I think, a movement that's well-intentioned. It's a well-intentioned movement that went way, 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 way too far. There is a difference between holding a position of you don't have to mock people and shame people for being overweight. You should never do that. That's something I think most of us can get behind. But there's a difference between that and saying, oh, if you're 60 pounds overweight, you're totally healthy. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. They're just trying to shame you. Don't let them shame you. No, they're trying to save your life. They're trying to help. And so there's this article by Carrie Dennett, who is a nutritionist, and the title is, Is Being Weighed at the Doctor's Office Bad for Your Mental Health? And she basically makes the argument that doctors should not ask for your weight. That you shouldn't step on a scale when you go into the doctor's office. And she goes through different clients that she's had. Again, these are clients of a nutritionist who presumably want to eat healthier to lose weight. But she was talking with some of them, and they basically said, you know, when I'm told to hop on the scale, I feel depressed. I feel anxious. I feel stress associated with it, and I end up feeling bad about myself. And again, we don't want that to be the case, but it is an important part of health checkups. Now she writes, on principle, I decline weigh-ins at my annual checkups and have never received pushback until this year. When I declined, the medical assistant said, okay, but getting a weight is really important for your health. I responded with, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I mean, I'm reading tone into the thing, but that's how it reads. Then he muttered, And it's important for getting the dose right for your medications. I said brightly, well, I'm not on any medications, but if I suddenly need anesthesia today, I'll happily be weighed. Oh, my God. So, again, I'm not a doctor, but I did watch all of the seasons with George Clooney on ER. And I think I watched one and a half episodes of Grey's Anatomy. So I know something at least. That's enough. If you suddenly lose 20 pounds and you're not trying, is that an indication that something could be wrong?
2: Quite possibly, yes. Almost
0: probably. Yeah. Right? It's kind of important for them to know that information and track that information. Now, you as a nutritionist, which is the lazy person who wants to get into the medical field but instead just wants to read one book and pretend that they know what they're doing, uh, you might not like that. But that's how it works. And this message pushing people away from weighing themselves and finding out where they are is a horrible message. You don't have to live and die by a scale. But number one, when your doctor is in need of this information so that they can help you and be proactive with you. When it's part about making sure that you're not falling too far on the wrong path and you're suddenly gaining weight. And before you know, you're like, wow, where did I put on this 20? Where did it come from? It's because you weren't paying attention because instead you were reading some of these magazines with the 300-pound woman in yoga tights doing the downward dog or whatever that stupid thing is called. And we're saying this is the pinnacle of health. No, it is not. That is not the pinnacle of health. And it's not offensive to say that. It is logical. It is fact-based to say that that is not the pinnacle of health. Well, you just want to subscribe to like these old school ways of like body image stuff and and whatnot. Well, I don't know what that means. Um, I do know that it's also unhealthy to be wafer thin, and that should not be seen as the norm. But there is such a thing as a normal weight. Well, BMI is not always correct. Yeah, yeah, I got got that. Thank you. I I can tell the difference between someone who has a high BMI but is an athlete and is super muscular. I, I get it. Thank you. You ain't it. That's not you. You're 60 pounds overweight. That's not healthy. And by choosing to ignore it, you're never going to change your – it's kind of like when dealing with a drug dealer or a homeless or whatever it is, where, like, if you don't show some sort of consequences for the behavior, they're going to continue to engage in it. And then before you know it, you find yourself in a position that was awful. That's what I did. Now we'll announce it tomorrow. I'm on a new plan. But I lost 13 pounds in a week. You actually do look slimmer. Damn right I do. Thank Eastside Weight Loss Clinic. Wonderful new sponsor starting up tomorrow. And it was funny because we were going to bring them on. but They were like, go through the program for a bit first. And when, you know, we can show you we're successful, we'll go ahead and start. I'm like, I was successful not even a week in. I lost 10 pounds. And now I'm down to 13. And I have to look at my fat face on television. And I'm about to go to New York for in-studio interviews for my book tour, promotional tour, whatever we're calling it. I have a book out if you didn't know. You still haven't booked my ticket for that trip. Yeah, no, I know. Um, and they shoot from different angles, not just straight on. If you're straight on, I know how to look at a camera and be a little bit thinner, but I was looking at this. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so fat. And so then I decided to commit to this. It's actually been really easy and I've been losing a ton of weight and I plan to continue to lose weight. And if I was with the body positivity movement, people would say like, well, you know what? You only have to be comfortable with you. Don't let others define what beauty is. And I'm responding simply, shut up. You don't know what beauty is. How about that? I'm not going, I don't subscribe to your pretend beauty. I want to be healthy, but I also want to look good. And granted, I'm already the most attractive person in Seattle. I'd like to extend that to all of Western Washington where I'm only number seven on the list. And that's not good enough for me. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Snohomish County. My next guest is hoping to bring a new Ordinance into Snohomish County, very similar to what's been going on in King County, where retail shops would be prevented from having card only. It would have to they would have to accept cash payments. Joining me on the line with his take is Snohomish County Councilmember Nate Naring Welcome back to the show. Hey, Jason, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me on. So before I yell at you about this, um, I will g- <laughs> give you the opportunity to sort of frame this for us. Why did this as an issue even come up and how would it work if you were able to pass legislation?
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. So I was not aware of this being an issue. I had actually received some outreach from a constituent uh, in my district in North County who had reached out and said, hey, you know, my uh, my daughter had gone in to purchase something and the store that she was going to purchase something at, uh, would not take cash, and she said, uh, you know, my daughter's too young to have a credit card. I don't want to give her my credit card. Why, you know, cash is legal tender here. Why can't my daughter pay in cash? And so, uh, interesting uh, issue. I looked into it, and uh, the business itself was actually not in unincorporated Snohomish County; it was in a city. But you know, through some back and forth with the constituent, she was interested in the county pursuing um, mm-hmm. policy to change this. And so, you know, I think there are some pros and cons on each side but in the end in general felt that uh, you know the good policy to move forward with and so that's kind of how we got to where we are and and yeah happy to touch on some examples uh uh here.
0: Well what are the particulars of this potential law how how much cash would they have to have how much would they have to accept?
1: Yeah so essentially what the ordinance says is if you're a business in unincorporated Snowmish County you're required to accept cash as a legal form of payment up to $200. So if somebody, um, you know, obviously if somebody wants to go and buy a car off of a car lot, they can't uh, expect the business to take cash for that full car. So it's up to a $200 limit. There's not a requirement on the business for how much cash they have to keep uh, on hand, for example. Um, But, yeah, those are the particulars of it. And then through conversations with local businesses, the Chambers of Commerce and Economic Alliance, uh, we've had some other suggestions from the business community that have been incorporated into the ordinance through some amendments. Like like what? So one of them was uh, brought forward. There's uh, like examples of businesses. Um, the, the particular example that was brought to me was, I think, a flower business that doesn't actually have an in-person operator. Um, it's like, you know, out of a, a shed kind of, and you go in mm-hmm. and you get the flowers, and it's honor system, and you're supposed to Venmo. And so it'd be very difficult if you don't have an actual physical person there to do a, a cash transaction. And so one of the suggestions was, can we exempt those sorts of businesses that are not um, face-to-face? And so uh, so that was one of the amendments that was proposed. And then the other was, you know, businesses talked about how during COVID it was helpful to, uh, to not be required to take cash. And so there was also an exemption put in for if there's some sort of Future public health emergency. That that's uh, that's
0: also an option. So so let's talk about an issue that's actually related to that first point uh, w- with the business that doesn't actually have a human being there. In, in certain circumstances, let's say I think Bryant is technically an unincorporated King County or Sohomish County. Correct, Bryant? Correct. Yes. Okay. So let's go in Bryant. You've got a business there. They might be susceptible, more susceptible to crime, and if they're calling nine one one. It's going to take, generally speaking, a little bit longer for officers to get to them. So there's been pushback in the county, uh, King County level on, on this exact same idea, which is we went to credit card only because we wanted to help prevent people from targeting our business because they know we have cash on hand and cops are far away. We went to that for safety, where we have maybe one person who's working a shift late at night. And this is just to mitigate some of those risks. Why would you force a business that has that reasonable concern into opening themselves up to potentially being targeted at a time where Snohomish County is not immune to this? There's a crime crisis going on.
1: Well, you're absolutely right that there is a crime crisis. You know, on the one hand, we've heard a lot from businesses like your big box retailers, for example, your Walmarts or Best Buys, or whatnot about people going in. Taking merchandise and just walking out and thanks to lo- new laws like our state police pursuit law. And in a lot of circumstances, there's not a whole lot that can be done about that, which is extremely frustrating for yeah. the businesses and the, you know, and the general public. Um, and we have had that in Snohomish County, you know, in addition to the rest of the state. What we haven't, at least what hasn't been brought to my attention in Snohomish County is the examples that we have seen in King County where you're having specific businesses targeted for, you know, ro- robberies of cash, essentially. I have not heard of circumstances of that happening in Snohomish County. Um, And and the reason for that probably is I don't know that we have any, um, you know, just to be frank, I don't know that we have any businesses in unincorporated Snohomish County that currently are operating that way. Yeah. But uh, but if we did have that, you know, in the future, there is a provision that's being built in. I think King County did something similar where if, uh, you know, if there's a worry about potential robbery or something to that effect, then an exemption can be applied for. Um, again, not to say that that can't happen in Snohomish County, but it seems like to date that has been mm-hmm. more of a King County problem.
0: Well, it's, it's a problem with businesses that are cash heavy at the end of the day. And if you're telling people that now this business is going to have more cash, depending on, you know, the level of degeneracy of the thief, they might end up going ahead and, and targeting. For example, pot shops are all cash. And that's why in large part they've been targeted the way that they've been targeted. But, but certainly to your point, there, there's – a heck of a lot of crime going on that's just general shoplifting but at the end of the day why should a business owner be subject to this kind of rule coming from a county council why is it just from a conservative perspective why should this not be left up to the the you know the decision making shouldn't be left up to the actual owner of the business
1: yeah, great question. And, and to be clear, I think you make some great points. These are all things I considered, you know, because I see pros and cons on both sides of this. Uh, but from the conservative perspective in favor of this ordinance, I'd point out just a couple of thoughts. The first is, uh, you know, in the United States, cash is legal tender. So from my perspective, I think, you know, people should be able to use it uh, in transactions. Um, there are various groups who are more likely to to prefer using cash or to only be able to use cash. The so one example would be like the miner who uh, who the parent of had reached out to me in that constituent email. Um, some folks who don't have access to credit cards, and then others like senior citizens who prefer using cash. I think the biggest one for me is uh, you know from the conservative perspective, what I see is our society moving toward exclusively digital transactions, and I see this in the U.S., but even more so in places like Europe where. In a lot of places, you can't even mm-hmm. use cash. You get laughed at if you carry around cash. And I, I don't know that I am a big fan of that. I think it takes power away from individuals and takes power away from consumers and gives that power to banks, to government. Um, and so I, I think having the option to use cash protects individuals and consumers. Now, obviously, a county ordinance in Snohomish County is not going to solve that issue. You know, that's a global problem. Um in, in like I said, I can see pros and cons on both sides of this. But, you know, in general, weighing all that, I, I didn't feel like it would, it made sense to move forward with the policy. What, what was the
0: biggest con that you thought of?
1: I think the biggest one is the one that you raised, the potential for, um, you know, some sort of robbery, for example. And that's why we'll be working on an amendment to uh, to include an exemption clause for businesses who have had issues with that or, or have some uh, legitimate concern for that.
0: Is, is this something that the... Council has said they're generally in support of?
1: Uh, So it goes, it hasn't come for a final vote yet. It did go through committee. There were some questions asked, but I don't know that there were um, concerns raised. And, you know, I've, I've gone out and spoken with several different chambers of commerce in different areas of the County, as well as our economic Alliance. And to date, I haven't heard any, uh, any opposition to this. There have been some suggestions raised to make this um, less burdensome and and to, to make it a little bit better. Uh, and those have been incorporated through the amendments. But so far, we haven't had uh, we haven't had opposition. If there are folks who have concerns about it or feel like, um, you know, there's undue burdens or there's things which could uh, go into this ordinance to make it better, then I'd be more than happy to talk with folks so you can uh, feel free to reach out to me. and happy to work with anybody to see what we can do to mitigate any concerns or add any suggestions to make this better uh, into the ordinance.
0: There you go. Again, we've been talking with Snohomish County Councilmember Nate Nearing. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you explaining your position.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: You're listening to The Jason Rancho. When we come back, it's time for The Big Local.
1: Sammamish, Kent, Olympia, Everett. This is The Big Local on The Jason Rancho.
2: Centralia,
1: Lakewood. Stories about you, not about Seattle. Hey, look at that, 4
0: 430. On a weekday afternoon, that means it's time for The Big Local, brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They're online at alpineclean.com. This is the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle. And instead, we focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. We start in Chehalis, where the Green Hill Juvenile Facility was searched by police. And they found drugs and weapons. Huh. This is just the latest embarrassment out of DCYF, the Department of Children, Youth, and Families. Run by a dude where the membership, the staff, voted to say, we don't have any confidence in your leadership, you should go away. Meanwhile, of course, Governor Jay Inslee does nothing. Doesn't even talk about this issue, this scandal happening, because the media generally does want to pressure him into it. Thankfully, they at least spoke about this story. In fact, Cairo is reporting that the Joint Narcotics Enforcement Team raided the detention center as part of an ongoing investigation into drug dealing and employee misconduct. In fact, two years ago, there was a staff member who had been charged with taking bribes in exchange for smuggling drugs into the building. Now, this investigation follows an incident that happened in November when a resident overdosed in his cell. And you're thinking to yourself, well, how does that happen? He's in a juvenile facility because the drugs are getting smuggled in. Now, that boy was taken to a hospital. They discovered that he was using fentanyl. Now, he did survive, but it led to this investigation. In fact, they ended up making an arrest on four of the inmates, the the kids who were there the juveniles who were there and so now things have escalated a little bit for them now at the time Chehalis PD said hey Governor Inslee could you order an investigation by the AG's office because there's something clearly here and we could use some extra help and some extra resources and Governor Jay Inslee was all like nah we got this why don't you sit this one out small town police force We'll handle this ourselves. We're the adults. And so he didn't do anything. He didn't handle anything. He didn't have anything in the way of even sort of a plan to get this under control. And of course, it got worse and worse and worse. And Cairo's saying in August of this year, police heard that not only were drug overdoses continuing, but they were being handled without involving law enforcement. Which, let me tell you something, Chehalis PD, this is happening way more than you think all around the state. This is not as uncommon as you might think. They say several substances were also uncovered, including green leafy substances, believed to be marijuana. It could have been oregano, but the smell... They get mixed up. It was pretty dank. Is that what they still say, the kids? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. (laughs) Uh, A crystal substance believed to be methamphetamine or maybe just to balance chakras, you know? Yeah. Like you put it on your third eye or yeah, something. It's, that's what the kids are saying, yeah. And then I think you dip like a stream of, of warm oil on the forehead or something. I don't know.
2: You're really getting into the weeds here. Yeah.
0: And then they say substances believed to be fentanyl, although they didn't describe it. you got green leafy substance, you've got crystal substance, and then fentanyl. Okay. A blue pilly substance. It's it's Fenty. So this is, in in fairness to a point, this is not just a failure of leadership within DCYF, which oversees this this facility, right? This isn't just the secretary of DCYF. This is very clearly an employee problem, right? This is a problem with the staff. And while my assumption is the majority of staff members are... Uh, well-intentioned hard-working people who are just trying to get these kids on the right path there's some clear bad elements at this place otherwise i don't think that this would happen if not if it's not due to sort of you know nefarious actors then it's just negligence then they're just incompetent staff and they should also be handled that they should be terminated, right? The difference for me is are 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 we arresting the people or are we just terminating them? It's gotta be one or the other. Because something tells me you don't have mastermind children in this facility. In Bellingham, a police detective is accused of misappropriation of funds to the point where he was terminated. And this might be the most petty complaint from anyone against a cop I think I've ever seen.
2: I don't understand it, and I don't I don't try. I feel like somebody's driving this train, and, and I don't know who.
0: Now that's Detective Bo McGinty. He was fired after an investigation that went on for three months. And what did he do? He used a colleague's unspent dry cleaning funds on dry cleaning. That's it. He never lied. He told Fox 13 that we all get an allotment for this purpose. My colleague wasn't using his. I'm assuming it's a use it or lose it. So I used it so we wouldn't lose it. I, I didn't like use the money to get a new car. I didn't use it to help pay my rent. I used it for dry cleaning because it wasn't being used. And he was upfront about this. Fox 13 says in May of 2023, an employee noticed that two detectives were spending more than others within the department on dry cleaning. When an email was sent to McGinty and another detective, he responded, Justin has zero to blame. This one is all on me. Justin, presumably the other detective. So he goes to request additional funding for dry cleaning, but it wasn't approved. So he then just... Dipped into this other account that his colleague was not using. That, that's, that's it. Yeah,
2: they could have came to me and said, Hey, Bo, are you doing this? And I would have said, Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've said that from the beginning. Absolutely. I've done that. Oh, great. Stop. Okay. There's a three minute conversation.
0: A three minute conversation. But instead of that three minute conversation, <laughs> this is from Fox. This is the, the investigation over dry cleaning. Eight weeks they spent in an internal investigation where they interviewed 11 different people ranging from officers to dry cleaning employees at the business that the city has a contract with. And they determined that between March 2022 and May of 2023, he utilized $750.98 worth of dry cleaning under the other detective's name. So from March of 2022 to May of 2023. So that's 14 months, depending on what day it started. $750.
2: And how much did the investigation cost?
0: Yeah, a lot more than that. A lot more than that. Oh, my God.
1: I did not think it would
2: constitute a three-month-long investigation, um, you know, spending
0: that much money for the city. Now, from the department's perspective, they're all like, look, we're saying he wasn't ethical. And that's important for us. I understand that you're saying it's about dry cleaning. It's not. It's about an ethical, it, 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 it involved an ethical decision making process that cleaning, was not least, right? up to the standard of what our department holds itself to. Now, the only thing I can surmise, it wasn't, at least I didn't see in the article, is that he didn't tell the other detective. And if that was the case, okay, you get a slap on the wrist for something like that. (laughs) Again, totally different story if we find out he's using it to get his car washed, he's doing it to put a down payment on a home, whatever it is, right? Okay, totally different. So you're telling me he used the dry cleaning funds on dry cleaning? Funds that were given but not used by anyone, and so he decided to use them. Presumably in good faith. I, I... he doesn't sound like someone who's lying. I think he thought everything was on the up and up. Meaning this doesn't sound like a guy who after getting caught is like, oh, no, I didn't know. He he seems legitimate, at least based on this interview. Am I nuts or is this the most petty termination ever?
2: Well, I mean, the money was obviously already set aside for that purpose. Specifically and for I, this. I don't think this is even an ethical concern. The dude wanted his uniform presumably.
0: To, by the way. He is allowed to do that, according to the union contract. That's why they have a budget for this. It's a little bit different for police officers where you're supposed to do... You you get an allotment basically to do it once a week for your uniform. But when we're talking about detectives who are almost never in their uniform, they're in their work clothes and they're going out into the field and you need to get that cleaned, it makes total sense. The the rules are a little bit nebulous when it comes to detectives. But again Seems like in the up and up. Is it, should he have, if in fact he didn't tell the other guy that he was doing it? Okay, I'll go with you. It's not a terminatable offense to me, but okay, have a conversation. Say, you might not want to do that. Here's why we have rules and regulations. We're going to start questioning him about his spending habits. If he doesn't know, it's kind of odd. This is the dumbest, dumbest complaint ever lodged. And the most ridiculous investigation I think I've ever seen against officer, quote-unquote, misconduct.
2: I mean, they they gave him the death penalty for a slap on the wrist infraction.
0: Yeah, oh my God. It's... So I'm kind of with him on something else has to be up here. Something else is up. Now... Maybe it's a vendetta against him, or, and maybe he's not telling us this, he's got a long history of some kind of rules violation. Okay, if that's the case, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly hear, hear you out. But, my God, <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, who among us? I reached into petty cash the other day so that I could get my carpets cleaned by Alpine Specialty Services, a wonderful sponsor. And I mentioned KTTH, and I got some money off helping an advertiser out what's wrong with that
2: nothing wrong with that it was just the funds that was set aside to get my carpet cleaned
0: yeah well and you didn't ask i'm a boss push the button to get us to break well i didn't know if you were going to know what i meant because you were probably thinking what's trending and i'm not saying i was i'm just saying you probably were send me your text message you get to choose which story we discuss next Or maybe we just continue to talk about dry cleaning. Story number one, Kamala Harris stumbles on a question about abortion limits. Oh, my God. Or story number two, country music star Zach Bryan receives police praise after apologizing for his own arrest. Huh? I thought he was acting like a jerk during the arrest. Wasn't that the story? But now he's apparently getting praise. Which story should we discuss? 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You are listening to The Jason Ranch Show.
1: Pick the topic on The Jason Rand Show.
0: Indeed you do, and it's actually a tie between the two stories. So I'm going to try to get to both of them in this segment, but usually when I say I do that, I then get into the bit where I talk about how if I didn't vamp as much as I vamped, I probably could fit them all into one segment. That's the bit, and sometimes it goes on for a really long time, and before you know it, I vamped enough to the point where I might not even have time to do the one story. And no one stops me. They just It almost is like my producer encourages me to go with this bit of just vamping to make a point, whereas people at home are all like, hey, dummy, get to the stupid story. And yet I don't really pick up on any of those cues because I see this dum-dum in front of me laughing the entire time. So to me, I'm thinking, oh, it's actually a funny bit. Maybe I should, can continue. And even though I'm very clearly telegraphing what I want him to do, which is to get on air and say, hey, why don't you move on? He's clearly not picking up on that, despite just literally making eye contact with him and saying it on the air in this moment he's still not turning on his microphone and saying why don't you get to the story instead of vamping at this point I'm literally staring at him and he's still not doing anything maybe it's because he's trying to tire me out
2: yes well normally I wait for you to stop talking so that I can start talking because normally you yell at me for talking over you yes
0: well and for just talking and existing
2: that's fair but I think in a future you pick the new segment you should list a third option as vamp for the whole segment And see if people vote for that.
0: I could vamp like no one's business. So let's start with the Zach Bryan story now that I've vamped enough where we only really have time to do the one. Uh, Zach Bryan is a... Pretty popular up and coming country artist. Maybe not, he's not even up and coming anymore. He's an established younger artist in the country music world where I worked for about 10 minutes. And he was arrested last week for obstruction of an investigation during a traffic stop out in Oklahoma. After that happened, he offered a public apology for his behavior, both to his fans. But more importantly, to the police officers that had to deal with this pain in the backside. And he's now being praised, including by my friend, Sergeant Betsy Bratner-Smith. She's a spokesperson for the National Police Association. She said when the report of his arrest and then, of course, the video came out, he said some really harsh things. Then he very quickly came out with an apology that seemed to us to be a very sincere, heartfelt apology. Now, I never actually saw the video. I heard of the video and I heard he was being kind of a jerk. So I thought we would pay, play a little bit of it. These are insanely
2: uncomfortable. I understand that, sir. We'll, 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 we'll change them in a minute. You maybe put them on in a hurry. They really ain't built for comfort to begin with. Sir, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, yeah, you did. I asked you to leave uh, and get back in your truck, and you said you weren't going to do it. Uh, this is I'd the be- second time this has happened to me in three days, actually. Because cops have just been, like, way too brutal on me. Because hey, man, well, I, had I call- gave you an option. I said, I, hey, I, let, I know, can, but- "Can I finish up the original stop? Mm. Let me finish up this one." Mm. Yes, sir.
0: Mm. I mean, it's not. Can awful you please take yet. these
2: handcuffs off me, sir? wait right, will if you let me finish up this traffic stop. I don't. There's no need for me to be handcuffs, actually. Yeah, you're on, right now. Uh, there is because you were interfering with my traffic stop, sir. And you wouldn't let me finish.
0: I will. Uh, I will have. Uh, uh, he's holding back. He knows what he shouldn't say, and he's going to say it anyway. I bet been there.
2: This is why people do not like police officers. Oh. I understand, I, you know. I'm No, I understand too, sir. I, I gave you an option. No, yes, sir. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. I'm a 27 year old kid. And I said, take me to jail then. Try, I was being a smart ass. So I apologized immediately after. I know. And we will let me finish up this. I, gone, go, we can I would get stop. back in my truck right now if you let me out of these handcuffs. Well, if you don't, if it's going to be a mistake, sir. I promise. Nope. You know, I know. I know every high pole. I know every sheriff in Tulsa. <gasps> okay, that's. I, I let. I let forty of them go to my VOK show. You know, I know you don't get. But like, this is just insane. I didn't say that. Second time this happened in three days. These cops are out of hand. Truly.
0: I can't wait for the moment where I'm like, you know, the sheriffs I know. You know, the sheriffs are in my phone. I can call them in a heartbeat. I'll have your badge, copper. Uh, so that was obviously bad. <laughs> It started off fine. It started off, um, and most cops will probably tell you, yeah, look, I get it. No one likes getting ticketed or, in this case, now handcuffed for his obstruction. But after the videos went up, he did apologize. And he actually does seem sincere. I've I've seen some of it, and I've read some of it. Uh, He said, to be clear, in the video I posted, I'm not trying to save face or act like a good guy. I was a complete spoiled bleep. To these police officers, and I'll spend the next few weeks trying my best to right my wrongs and take back what I said. I do respect police officers, and I made a massive mistake. I am embarrassed for myself, my family, and the people I love. But all I can do now is sincerely apologize. When you uh, find yourself in a position like this, there's one of two ways you can go. You can either double down and say the cop was wrong, blah, blah, blah. Or you can know your audience, which is probably very much pro-police, and then just sort of save face. That read not like some publicist put together, which is why I'm, I'm guessing his he's sincere. Uh, we got the statement from the National Association of Police spokespeople saying basically the same thing. I think he's handling it as best as he could. But do you really think that's worthy of being praised They're not praising like, oh, he's the best guy in the history of the world. I think what they're doing is acknowledging we don't normally get apologies like this that are heartfelt. Kudos for at least stepping up. And I'll give him kudos for stepping up and saying the right thing, even though I thought it was actually Luke Bryant originally. Because who heard of Zach Bryant? Play one of his songs. I don't know who this guy is. Can to pick a better, a more upbeat song? I'd pick the one that... Features Casey Musgraves Because I've heard of her But not the song that features the guy Who I've never heard of So I can get a better sense of who he is Because even I know who Casey Musgrave is Did you not You didn't want to get it to the point Where he was going to talk Well you were say, doing that
2: thing Where you were vamping And you were engaging with me While I was trying to listen to the music that's like what a it is way to just
0: ignore me. And use it to well, I didn't know if you were actually talking to me or now not. Now you're just talking over him, and no one can hear who he is. Do I remind you of your daddy in his 84? No, you're too young. You're 27, dude. Labrador hanging out the passenger door. It's a cute Labrador. It's okay. The sand from your hair is blowing in my you want me to keep playing it? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it was. It was. That's okay. He can sing. At least in that song, he sounds legit. Country music, I don't think gets enough credit for the quality of the voices of the artists, because I think that people in sort of the the snooty pop cultural world will mock the content of the lyrics. But the fact of the matter is, you're getting almost as good, if not better, performances than just from a vocal perspective than any popular like R and B star or rock singer, whatever it is.
2: You make a good point there, but in defense of the stereotype, he does talk about a dog and a truck,
0: w- w- yeah. in the first verse of the song. I, I'm I'm acknowledging the fact that he's leading leaning into the the stereotypes, right? I just need an alcoholic father, uh, which maybe we get to at the end of the the thing. Because if I remind you of my dad or your dad or whatever, maybe because he had a beer in his hand at the time. That's all I'm saying. But he that was actually really good. So. Uh, kudos for I guess doing the right thing especially when it's really 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 easy not to how screwed up is that it's easy to do the wrong thing not the right thing is he not related to Luke Bryant even though there's not a T in his last name it's Luke Bryan. Bryant, it's not Bryant. No, I don't, I don't know if they're related they're not Okay. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text message when we come back I took a tour of the target in downtown seattle i walked there i saw a lot of well you should stick around